This is Earth Tribe Radio, www.earthtriberadio.com. Your home on planet Earth. I like to add that bit. And we're doing a podcast now on shamanism, power places, sacred places and places of power with the wonderful healer, shaman, Patrick McBride. Hi, Patrick. Hi, ladies. And you can reach him uh, through the Ojai House. Which is www.nutmegsojaihouse.com in Ojai. Um, you can reach him through there and get his phone number if you need to through there. He's a very strong presence uh, without internet connections. He doesn't need an internet connection. And part of that's because you, because of your training, but also because you were you were hit twice in six days by lightning. Yes, yeah. ma'am. And so it's virtually impossible for me to own the computer. Yeah. Um, I have I'm famous for, for destroying them fast, and so you know, unfortunately, you can't reach me through the uh, computer world, but you can reach me through the shop here where in which it is I yeah. do my work. Yeah. Great. Well, today we're going to talk about uh, places of power and sacred places. Yes. How would you like to start? Well, I guess the best thing to do is just give you a little bit of a story about a, a teacher that I, I worked with for a while um, who lived in the Feather River area by the name of Grizzly Bear Bobby Lake Tomes. Now, Bobby was Rolling Thunder's very first student, the amazing Cherokee yeah. healer. Now, Bobby, uh, I met Bobby when he was in his 60s. He's semi-retired, working in the Madhu Indian community up there, helping them with their rights and things like that up above Greenville. He invited me up there to spend some time with him. Beautiful place he had up there. Very humble, but very beautiful. And he took me out on an excursion with him for a few days where we were going to rivers and places like that and talking about places of power. He told me that um, in order for man to survive and be who he is in his journeys, he has to have water. And I went, yes, sir, I understand that. He told me that there are cracks that form in our fault below earth, the crust of the earth, that allows water to seep up and form these springs. He says, so the faults in the earth dictate exactly where man is going to go because this is where the water is. He doesn't have any choice. This is the way the earth controls us, and we don't even see it. And so man has established these routes through the desert and all these arid places based upon where the water is located, not where they want to go. And so, now, Bobby told me that when this water is released in these cracks in the fault, it spins either this direction when it goes up, or it spins in the opposite direction when it goes up, according to, the, according to the crack in this. He said, which direction the water is accessing the spring has to do with whether it is a sacred or whether it's a non-sacred spot. Oh. And he said, now, there are mountains and big places that are formed on top of huge springs that we're not supposed to be there at all doing anything, he told me. He said, and... There are places in which the spin is in the right direction, and that's where we're supposed to be. So that, is that clockwise? Is that the right yes, direction? Yes, the clockwise direction brings huge amounts of oxygen into the physical reality. If you're involved in doing something with the right spin, you see what I'm saying, then that oxygen is, is, is there for you. If it spins in the other way, it's a depletion of the oxygen within the blood. And so, therefore, this water either depletes or helps you. Now, if it begins to set up a really negative entropy around it regarding this backward spin, then other energy forms begin to form around it, too, that are tied into the natural deviant world that deal in shadow. 
And so all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you're sitting on a source that you don't know there's a spring around, and you're sitting on a dark spot. You know, that may pull in a bear coming in and, and mauling you or something like that going on. And so he gave me definite directions on how to determine man's route based upon these cracks in the fault and where the springs appear and the spinning in one way or the other um, regarding it being a good spot. Since that time in my journeys, I have come upon places in springs where they, there's a backward spin, and I just very quietly packed my gear and walked away because I knew it was the right thing to do. Can you share where, where you found one of those? Um, yes, I was um, at, hang on just a second, it's been a few years back. I was out in the Barstow area, out in the desert out there along California. the old Mojave, in California along the old Mojave area. Now, 395? Now the Mojave, route 395? Yeah, now, um, and out there is the Mojave River. Now, the Mojave River sits directly on top of a gigantic crack in the fault. That's where it all comes from. Now, there are certain areas off of this, off of the river, in which it is small springs appear. I was out in a facility that is called Camp Katy located um, about 150 miles outside of Las Vegas. We were out there doing some work in the high desert, bringing a water source in for the animals, and we came upon this spring connected to the old fort area. And I looked down in there, and I could see that it was spinning backwards. And this was a place in which it is a lot of our beautiful Native American people were put in prisons. There are things taken from them. This place was a classic shadow place for a fort to be built on in order to carry out such a function. This is a typical manifestation of what happens when you don't know what you're doing when it comes to natural sources sites. Wow. So if people and isn't Edwards Air Force Base now out there near? Um, Edwards is located more towards Mojave and the Rosemont area. It's okay, probably yeah. located about 100 miles away from it. But it also sits on a really, really, really dark source out there off of one, off of Route 170 out yeah. there because it spins backwards too. I've also been to that source. That's why I was... So dark out there, right, guys? So when people are, are looking for, what would they be looking for? Is there a purpose ever to go into the darker places? It, like if people, or, or do people mostly want to find uh, the other places? And if so, how do they identify? Through feeling or through looking? Or? I would do it this way. If, 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 you, if you ladies and gentlemen or whoever out there are not psychically tuned into this whole thing, mm -hmm. then what I would suggest is a divining object. Like a what are they what do they call a pendulum, yeah. and you can make one out of a nail and a piece of string. Exactly, and you can hold it, and if it spins the opposite way, and, and for any you just pack your gear and leave. I suggest it wholeheartedly. If it spins the other way, I'd crack out stuff and get comfy. So that's been my experience. I use a I use a diviner. Okay, can I ask you um, what you know? We're talking about sacred places and places of power. Uh, what is the what is the most sacred place that you've you felt that the, for you in my lifetime? Yeah. That's a good question, Miss Jill. Let me give that a little thought right here. Um, now, I'd say you know I I, I would just go ahead and let's just keep it local here. Okay. Um, now there's there's Pine Mountain. Yeah. Then there's Mount Pinos, which is the mount that's located up above Fraser Park. Mm -hmm. Now that one right there is the highest mountain range in the Chumash Indian Territory. It is a place in which it is that was inhabited and used for ceremonial purpose by the Ontop Society, which was the name of their male, um, not so much shamanic circle, but ritualistic circle. 
And that place up there has big magic going on about it. I do not spend a lot of time on it. I do spend a lot of time near it because I have friends that live there. And that place is absolutely gorgeous and very sacred. Um, there is an entrance to it that's located off of Lockwood Valley Road, off of Boy Scout Road, and it's a public assets trail that goes up that backside. I suggest a journey up there to a place called Three Mile Meadow and mm -hmm. meditate. It's just gorgeous up there, and it's an old Indian quarry. Mm, that's wonderful. And, and in the ancient times, the people would build on these areas like Stonehenge and even some of the cathedrals which were built on pagan mm -hmm. or whatever they were called. They are built on power places, right? Yes, ma'am. The, the cathedrals between 11 and 1300 or something like that were all built on those. Right. So do you, would you like to say something about the sacred sites that where that people still experience like those are all sitting on springs <clears throat> oh, all okay. Mayan temples and all those great old cathedrals and stuff all have a water source underneath of them that's one of their big secrets um, a lot of times you'll see a castle built out in the middle of nowhere. You're wondering why it's there. Well, if you go inside, they have a, they have a full-time spring water source in there that's spun in the right direction. It originally was a sacred site that had a place built on it. It was there for thousands of years before the places were built. So you see what I'm saying. So if somebody was wanting to make positive change in their life, how would they utilize sacred sites to be able to do that? Okay, now what I like what I like about sacred sites, since they're already about they got the big spin, or as they would call in my studies, the grouse, which is the dancer of the spin. You see, um, um, uh, what I do is I go and I go to these beautiful sites and stuff, and I can feel what's going on, and I can feel myself deciding that well, maybe I need to sit down and meditate a little bit and pull all the energy together that is what I am, good and bad. And then what I like to do is I like to breathe in through the lower part of my back and then breathe out the base of my tailbone and send that energy into the earth as a great gift. That is an empowerment of the sacredness of the place and an empowerment of the spin and the divine use. Do you see what I'm saying? Don't go there to give away your negative energy. Go there to give away balanced energy that is of service. And that's what I do. That is a huge deal because a, a huge lot deal. of people, for example, go to a tree to give away negative energy or go to a rock or something and they're focused on trying to get rid of something. Mm -hmm. and it's, it's, well, the thing is, is that it's a good idea to acknowledge the fact that you no longer need the energy that you're trying to pass on, but you must envision it as, as an energy that is divine for the source of the tree or the, or the rock that you're involved in and stuff. It's, it's basically a state of mind. I know that you're there to release, but remember, be there to release for your purposes as well as for the rocks or for the trees, because they have intelligence too. Believe me, they do too. That's why I carry... A pouch of tobacco. Right on. Right Great there. idea. Right I do there. too. I carry tobacco with me at all times. Mm -hmm. I carry sage, and everything is for is a giveaway. Or, yes, ma'am. And you can give away pieces of your hair. I've done that too. Or some people even this may be gross to the people in, in America, but spit and saliva. Some mm -hmm. people in some cultures mm -hmm. they give away saliva as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I do know that tribal women, you know, they have certain designated spaces in which it is they grow things and all of them collectively on their moon cycles gather blood and they add that to the water, to the plants and everything grows in the same structure and flourishes according to the tie-in to the women and it gets really big. I've learned that about mm -hmm. that too. So there's, there's ways to use different parts of this, the liquids and fluids of the body. Yeah, and for our culture though, because we're so scared of that, uh -huh. that it, it's not something that most people want to know about or think about. 
about. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, well, thank you. So with sacred places, um, it's talk they're talked about so much. And I know even on our property that was burnt last year, um, uh, when uh, an, an Aboriginal elder called... What was her name? Oh, Julie Tumamite? No, uh, Ab oh. Aboriginal from Australia. Oh, Billawara. Billawara came. She had dinner with us, and she said there was there was a power place on the back of our property. Mm -hmm. um, so there are some big places, big sacred power places, and then there are just little ones. Uh, exactly. The, the springs and stuff like that are small, intimate power sources. Now, the one that you're talking about is probably the focus of, a, of two ley lines that are hitting each other energetically in the area. They cross each other like this. Could you just, before, because some people may not know what a ley line is. Ley lines are energetic um, lines that are dialed into the electromagnetic field of the Earth. Our, our Earth has, has a, a straight line from pole to pole, so it draws a straight energy north and south, and then we have latitudes that also draw straight lines. So we have like a, a, these defined crosses. Knowing where they are, knowing how, they use, how to use them is the key. A lot of times, places like this have been discovered by tribal people, and the more time they spend with them and the more admiration and love they flow with this is what creates the, the, the large enhancement of its sacredness. Do you see what I'm saying? It's As a, a give. It's a give. Precisely, and it circle. remains intact. See, the, the it holds it as opposed to Shasta, which is extremely ancient and holds that energy on its own. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Well, Shasta is is it draws a lot of people there too, of all different kinds. Right. I have a tendency to believe sometimes too many. Mm -hmm. You know, this was also what Bobby Tomes told me, my, the man who told me about the, 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 the spun spaces and stuff. He told me that Shasta has been in revolt recently about too many people coming there and conducting ceremonies based upon things that have nothing to do with what it's about. In other words, they're requesting things from it that, that it's, in other words, that they're, they're asking for things yeah. as opposed to giving things, as Miss Jill just said. Well, that is a huge deal <clears throat> because a lot of what people with shamanism is and with sacred places is wanting. Mm -hmm. Like, give me this, even Goody. like with, uh, in England, that place, Avery, yeah. uh, where they're all the fairy, yeah. Uh, uh, and and uh, people go there to try to get something or to, and, and I'm not saying that they're wrong to do it because it's a culture. Culture, we're feeling very disconnected and we want something we don't know what we want right but we know that we want something and we're hoping something will give us something that will connect us right yes ma'am I was always told this this is by my Lakota families was you go and you offer yes ma'am you yours. don't take you, you offer. give that's and right in the giving comes the blessing yes ma'am so, uh, anything else to say about sacred places? Like, if somebody's walking through the forest, or how will they know when they found a sacred place? It's just, it's just like a, a person who doesn't isn't maybe so used to using their intuition. Most intuitive people will will feel, uh, and I and I guess non-intuitive people, everybody's intuitive. But uh, so that how does if somebody's just going on a walk and they're wanting to find a little sacred space for themselves somewhere? I understand what you're asking me. Um, what I do is I walk along, if I'm in a space and I'm new to it and I'm checking things out. And then all of a sudden what I do is I, I, I come upon what I call a clearing. Now, it doesn't have to be a big one, but that's what it is at first that I, that I think about as I step in, okay, I'm looking for a space to connect. 
This is what you put in your thoughts. And then as you move in, you'll find a clearing. There will be one there for you. And you'll go, I'll be. There's the clearing I'm asking for. And this is the spot in which it is that you're to sit down. It's making a statement, you know, about looking for such a spot with the intention that when you do sit down in this beautiful sacred space that you're that is being offered to you, that you're planning on giving something to the earth for what's for, for showing it to you, and you're planning on not taking anything with you when you leave. That's how I would that's how I would And you said something that was very important there. I mean everything's been important, but the also the that when you were saying about connecting, because when we truly make a connection, that is a giving and a taking. Yes, ma'am. And I think in the end that's what people are so searching for in this culture is connection. Right. And so you know, you might people people who are listening might want to just take a walk in nature or into their backyards. That yes, exactly. Or actually you may in, in what I am encouraging with people is that if they indeed do have the space and it's big enough to design a clearing, design a space that you can go to that is becomes yours and that you can introduce other people to because a thousand years from now, if you do it right, it's going to be still going to be a sacred place in which others can enjoy. Thank you so much. Anything to finish this, Joe? I just want to remember my lovely Lakota brother, um, Art Black Bear, who when I was coming back from the res um, in South Dakota, I'm, we're hearing the... Um, and as, as I got closer to Los Angeles, I was feeling so... I, like I had to hide away. Mm-hmm. I could feel the, 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 the anger and the frustration and the impatience and stuff. And he called me when I got back, and he said, how are you doing? I said, oh, I, I can't go out. I can't go out of the house. And he just said, Jill, remember that even though you're surrounded by concrete, Mother Earth is below the concrete. Yes, ma'am. And that's what you've got to remember. As you walk the concrete, you're walking Mother Earth. Right. And it's all about connection. Mm-hmm. And we've all got it. Yes, we are. We're all connected. One of the big wounds that I feel that exists in our society is the illusion of separation. Yes. Yeah. And it is an illusion. It's a huge illusion. Huge illusion. It's, yeah. And it has everyone by the throat. Our yes. dualistic nature in, in the it's in or out or our left and right or up and down and all this, this business. We are a dualistic creature. Our, our Earth was struck by another planet four and a half billion years ago. And so we're made up of several different planets, do you see? And so on a physical level, we are experiencing the separation. The separation from the other planets that exist in our solar system that these properties came from. This is where it all registers in because the human race has a very difficult time understanding that it is not a body. It is a spiritual spiritual being having a body experience, not a body having a spiritual experience. And this is what's creating the separation wound right there. And so finding a sacred place, being able to sit on the earth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is, is exactly how to reiterate a connection that you've always had. It's just changing the state, the status of the way you feel about it. And that's all that needs to change. You're, you're connected. Just the illusion of the thought that you have about it is what's separating you. And that's home. I mean, in the end, the connection is home. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. This is www.earthstriberadio.com. We're talking to Patrick McBride, and you can find him at Nutmeg's Ojai House in Ojai, California. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, ladies. It's been delightful. Thank you, Patrick.